Hi, and welcome to episode 69, old for snickering, of Five Minutes of Rum, notes on rum a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. The rum in this episode is spelled R-H-U-M, but we're not going to Martinique. Instead, I'll be sampling a rum from Guadalupe, so fortunately, I'll still be able to charmingly mispronounce several French words. The rum itself is from Demasau. See, I told you I'd be full of questionable pronunciations, and it is an aged spirit. The cocktail in this episode is The Professor, a stirred rum cocktail from the PDT cocktail book. This recipe will also give me a chance to touch on port and sweet vermouth. So settle in for a trip to the French West Indies on this here episode of uh, Five Minutes of Rum, episode 69, dudes. As mentioned in the intro, the rum in this episode is Demasau VSOP. Uh, if I overpronounced that, I would I would overpronounce it as Demasau um, but I don't really have a good French accent, so we're just going to, you know, muddle through with what I can do. Um, this is an agricole rum, but obviously, like I said, not from Martinique. This is from the, auto, uh, the island of Guadalupe. That said, the differences in production aren't that enormous because both come from islands associated with France and are made using processes derived from the brandy making, um, uh, brandy making processes that the French employ. So there's a common lineage, and we'll get to the little bit of the differences in a little bit. First, let's taste the Demosal VSOP. Now, the rum itself, um, when we come to the bottle, it's, uh, the bottle in appearance, it's a medium-sized bottle with a rounded top and a rounded bottom. There's a plastic screw cap on the neck, and the label is screen, printi- uh, screen printed upon the bottle. Uh, the rum is a light amber, almost like a burnt orange in the bottle. Uh, when it comes to aroma from the bottle, if you sniff it from the bottle, there's a, a vegetal and a wood aroma. Now, from the glass, after it gets a little bit more air, the alcohol makes itself a little more known than it does as opposed to when you just smell it from the bottle. Uh, in the glass, it's more uh, vegetation and less wood, so it loses a little bit of that woodiness that you got from the bottle originally. Um, and there's a little bit of fruit sugar, although I'm not entirely sure at this point what fruit. Maybe a, maybe a little bit of a touch of a green apple is probably the, the closest approximation of a fruit that I could associate with it. Uh, when it comes to taste, a uh, very nice body on this rum, uh, some heat on the tongue and a little bit of spice. Also a little earthiness, as you might anticipate from you know this being a rum agricole, uh, but the barrel time has probably mellowed it out a little bit, not unlike a Clement VSOP if you've had that rum. Now, I'm not prone to tasting leather on the regular, but I get a hint of that flavor on this rum, um, and it's not as grassy as an agricole um, that has less aging. So in other words, if you think of an agricole blanc, those are very distinctly grassy, um, and they have a little bit more of an edge to them. This is a little bit less of that, but you can taste its sugarcane roots. Uh, the wood the, from the barrel takes a little bit of uh, away from the raw juiciness of the rum, but it helps round out the flavor. Uh, when it comes to the finish, it's uh, smooth and long, albeit uh, pretty mellow. Uh, the warmth of this rum lingers uh, a good long while on the tongue and on the throat, but it's not like a big fire. So it's a, it's a long finish, but a bit of a mellow finish. Um, it hangs around for a while, but doesn't really call attention to itself or demand attention. Uh, and after a couple of ounces, it does leave the mouth a little bit dry and strangely wanting to pour a little bit more. So there is a dryness element that sort of manifests itself a little bit towards the end of the, the original pour that I made for myself. Um, in summary, I can certainly see myself sipping this rum neat on a frequent basis, um, you know, setting aside the cost, uh, of course. Um, and then for cocktails that really feature an aged agricole rum, I wouldn't shy away from this rum. Uh, in particular, a punch view would be a good option. Also a three dots and a dash, or maybe the cocktail from today's episode, which we'll get to in a little bit. Now, um, in terms of production and history of this rum, firstly, in the first place, uh, whereas Guadalupe 
It is uh, what it, it is in what is commonly referred to as the French West Indies, which is in the Lesser Antilles in the Caribbean. So on a map, you'll find this on the eastern rim of the Caribbean, uh, southeast of the U.S. and British Virgin Islands, and just north of St. Lucia, Martinique, and Barbados. It is what France refers to as an overseas department, which really makes it sound like a government office rather than a place, but it also means that the residents are citizens of France. So not unlike uh, many islands in the Caribbean, it is traded, it's traded rulers or uh, occupants, I guess is probably a better way to put it, many times over the years with France coming out on top most recently in 1815. Uh, here's a random fact. It was under Swedish control for 15 months in 1813. Um, so there you go. While sugarcane has been an important part of the local agriculture, its importance is being supplanted by uh, additional crops now. So it's a little bit on the down, like sugarcane's on a little bit of the downslope in terms of general importance. But rum is still a feature um, of the industry of Guadalupe. Um, so speaking of rum, let's let's look a little bit closer at the history of Demisal. That brand was founded in 1942 by Roger Demisal when he bought the Bellevue Distillery. The distillery is that distillery is still run by the family. Uh, now run by Roger's grandson, Hervé. They attribute much of their quality, unsurprisingly, to the terroir, or uh, previously pronounced terrier, uh, but the terroir, that's the uh, element of the sugarcane that's uh, deriving its uh, flavor from the soil. So they attribute a lot of what makes their rum unique to the soil that, that, that the, uh, the sugarcane is grown in. Um, when it comes to production of the Damasal rum, the rum itself, as I mentioned before, it's an agricole rum, but unlike other rums from Martinique that I've talked about before, there's not an AOC involved. There's no appellation of origin, so there's not that strict governance involved uh, that you have with the Martinique rums. Now, that said, many of the same characteristics are in play, even if they're not as strictly mandated. So because it's an agricole, the rum is made from freshly squeezed cane juice uh, rather than molasses. That cane juice is fermented for 36 hours before it is distilled. The cane juice is then column distilled, uh, and though at a higher ABV than a, uh, traditional Martinique AOC rum, one such deviation from the Martinique AOC. And thanks for a well-timed article, Cocktail Wonk. Your link is in the show notes, and your intro to uh, column, or excuse me, your link to uh, Rum Agricole uh, was very well timed for this particular episode. Now, uh, getting back to this particular rum, per the Ministry of Rum website, the steel that's used for distillation on the Damasal rum is a combination of stainless steel and copper. The stainless steel is at the bottom of the rum. That's, that lends itself to easier maintenance. And the copper is at the top. Um, not a copper top, you Duracell fans. But the copper at the top will help reduce sulfur compounds in the actual distilled spirit. Uh, the distillate, once it's uh, removed from the still, is then aged in oak barrels, uh, barrels that are previously previously used for bourbon. The VSOP is a, uh, aged a minimum of four years in that barrel. Uh, the rum is said to be influenced by the sugarcane's growing region. Um, in other words, in Guadalupe, it's hilly and an intense sun compared a little bit to, uh, different to the, the environment that the Martinique uh, rum, excuse me, and a little bit different than the uh, sugarcane is exposed to in Martinique. So that's a, and something they attribute to, particularly to Damasal. Another difference with Damasal is that they don't scrape their barrels after recharring, so that means more influence from the wood, and maybe it steers a little bit closer to bourbon flavor. So in other words, if you if you char the barrels and then you don't scrape them, you're going to get a little bit more of that charred wood from the um, from the aging process. Now, where to find this rum? As with most non-Clement agricoles, you'll need to visit your better liquor stores and or order it online. 
I found mine at High Time in Costa Mesa. I ordered online from uh, High Time uh, Wine and Spirits. Um, also common to agricoles, the price point uh, price point can be a little bit higher than most equivalent molasses-based rums. In this case, the VSOP here ran me about $40 American, which actually isn't too bad of a price, but it's probably a little bit higher than if you were talking about an equivalent molasses-based rum uh, that wasn't from uh, from a uh, French-controlled rum, uh, rum island. Um, it's bottled at 84 proof, that's 42% alcohol by volume, in a 750 milliliter container. Um, hopefully I'll get a chance to come back to their 110 proof Rum Blanc before too long as Rum Blanc is, uh, Agricole Blanc is one of my favorite styles and really something I really like in a, in a um, tea punch. Now, speaking of tea punch, um, let's talk about this rum in, in uh, terms of a punch view. So much like a daiquiri, um, you know, a daiquiri is a great baseline for a molasses-based rum, a tea punch is a great way to sample an Agricole. Now, when an aged agricole is used in a tea punch, the title becomes punch view, um, and, and that translates into a quote-unquote old punch versus a quote-unquote small punch for the tea variety. So tea punch is a small punch, punch view is an old punch. Now, all that said, I prepared a punch view with the Damasal VSOP. I used a quarter-size slice of lime from the cheek of the fruit and a little bit of sugar syrup, and then I added a very small ice cube, uh, probably more like an ice chunk, because that's how I like it, but I do mean small. Don't put a full ice cube in there. That's going to dilute it too much. Uh, think of uh, roughly crushed ice and then pull one small piece out of that to use. Um, and overall, that becomes a very mellow, very delicious um, application for the uh, for the rum Demosal VSOP. Um, it, I, as you might expect, it really highlights the rum and doesn't detract, um, doesn't add too much like extra characteristics to it. You're just getting a little bit of sugar, a little bit of lime, and mostly the rum. Um, and that becomes a very good way to sample that. Now, the recipe in this episode calls for a tawny port, which sounds vaguely like a euphemism. So let's back this up a little bit and have a look at port as a category first. Back in episode 49, I discussed a rum from Foursquare in Barbados that was finished in a port cask, but I didn't really delve into what port was. Port is a style of wine from Portugal, specifically in the Douro Valley, it is a fortified wine, meaning it is a wine with an amount of distilled spirit added to it. It's uh, fortified much in the same way that a breakfast cereal is fortified uh, with vitamins, except in this case, I probably wouldn't reach for a fortified wine before work. Um, other fortified wines you know of include vermouth, sherry, and Madeira. Typically, the added spirit to a fortified wine is brandy, a great brandy. Now, proving that this process is really just circling back on itself like the Ouroboros, you should recall that brandy is made from distilling wine. So wines are typically fortified to preserve it, um, so they say. So in other words, you end up with a wine that's fortified with brandy. Brandy is a distilled wine. And anyways, moving on. Um, now, more likely, this is just trying to achieve a certain flavor that was trying to be achieved. So um, in, the, in the the common uh, knowledge or the common uh, conventional wisdom in the past was that Wines were fortified in order to preserve them as opposed to anything else. Um, but the fact that uh, fortified wines were uh, preserved by the addition of great brandy wasn't really known before 18th century. It was just um, it was just something that was done in order to improve the flavor. I don't think anybody knew about the uh, preserver, preservation aspects of it before then. So in any case, um, back to port. Um, there are multiple varieties. Uh, there are varying sweetnesses. While port only comes from Portugal, um, hence the name, port, Portugal, um, in the U.S., you need to look for labels that have the names either 
Oporto, Porto, or Vino de Porto. Uh, port is fortified during production with a neutral grape spirit, not specifically a brandy. Uh, you may pour like from a bottle of Christian Brothers, but something similar to that. Uh, the port is stored then in barrels and aged. Port is typically um, bottled at around 20% ABV compared to 12 to 15% ABV for straight wine. Now, there are multiple styles of port. Uh, tawny port, which is called for in this re- in this uh, particular recipe in this episode, is produced from red grapes and is aged in wood barrels. As they evaporate and age, they take on a bit of a, a nutty flavor and are, turn a golden brown. Generally, tawny port refers to an aged port with, quote-unquote, some time in a barrel. Uh, you can compare this to a ruby port, which is a red wine port, again, like a tawny port. But this one is stored in stainless steel tanks or um, or ceramic tanks versus wood. The ruby port retains its red color but doesn't have the barrel influence, so you don't get as much character. Uh, not a lot of character coming from time in stainless steel tanks. Um, so I'll taste this. This is actually, before we put in the recipe, I have a glass of it here. Uh, and I'll go ahead and taste this straight. Mm. Now, on its own or on their own, ports are typically served after a meal. You can call it a dessert wine if you're so inclined. Um, when I taste it, it does have a little bit of sweetness, as you might expect, given the nature of the port. Um, it also has a little bit of dryness and a very uh, distinct grape flavor. So it's, um, it is a nice sort of aperitif, sort of finishing wine um, that you would have after a meal. Um, and not at all unpleasant. I could probably find myself drinking this maybe a little bit more than I should. Um, but it'll lend itself uh, in a cocktail. It'll add a little bit of sweetness without actually having a sugar uh, syrup element to it, which is going to come into play because today's cocktail is a stirred rum cocktail that doesn't have any added sugar, but definitely pricks up some sweetness from some of the components that are in that cocktail. So we've danced around this cocktail a little bit, but let's get to it. The cocktail in this episode is called The Professor, and it comes from the PDT Cocktail Book. Now, the PDT Cocktail Book um, the is a essentially a cocktail bar. Uh, sorry, the PDT is a cocktail bar in New York City, and the history of that is that it operates as a speakeasy. Um, it's short for Please Don't Tell. Uh, and again, this bar is a speakeasy that operated from a hot dog establishment of all things called Criff Dogs. Um, I have never been to this particular bar, but the book itself is full of uh, very good information, very good recipes, and very good tips. Um, and I would encourage you to pick it up. There's a link to that in the show notes. It also has some very distinct illustrations. So uh, though I have not been to this recipe, or excuse me, to this bar, um, I have made a couple of the recipes from it, and I found them to be exceptionally well executed. And I think that this is not something that you were going to go wrong with if you buy yourself a copy. So uh, the PD Cocktail Book, uh, go out and get it. I'm going to sort of uh, endorse it by proxy. I haven't actually been to the bar, but I think that um, based on what I've read so far, definitely worth your time and definitely worth your investment. Now, the recipe itself, called the Professor, um, as it's described in the PDT, P, excuse me, PDT cocktail book, uh, this is a riff on the Chancellor cocktail from uh, Frederick Birmingham, Birmingham's Esquire drink book. The Chancellor, as described by David Wondrich for Esquire in 2007, is a port, uh, excuse me, a scotch slash port slash vermouth slash orange bitters cocktail that leans to dryness. So I already see a similarity in this case to what we're making with the Demisau VSOP. The professor recipe is two ounces of rum view. Uh, I'm using, in this case, the Demisau VSOP. Three quarter ounce of tawny port. In this case, I'm using Dow's fine tawny port. Uh, one half ounce of sweet vermouth. I'm using Martini and Rossi. So 
this is probably as good a chance as uh, any to take a short aside on sweet vermouth. So as we spoke about with port, uh, vermouth is also a fortified wine. And it's not just fortified, but also flavored with botanicals and sugar. So vermouth is a is essentially a wine that has sugar and uh, botanicals added to it. Now, sweet vermouth is typically designated by red labeling and a red color for the ver vermouth itself. The difference in sugar content between vermouth styles is that um, maybe le for dry vermouth, you're going to get less than 4% uh, sugar content and about 10 to 15% sugar content for sweet. So there's the difference between the two. Now, vermouths of all kinds are a common component in cocktails beyond what you might think of, uh, such as martinis and Manhattans. The brand in this case that I'm using is Martini and Rossi because I couldn't find the brand that was specifically called for in the PDT recipe that they published. Martini and Rossi is ubiquitous and very much associated with red vermouth. Uh, I make no claim to this being a particularly great vermouth, but it is easy to source. So if you're looking to make this cocktail at home, you're probably going to have good luck finding this particular vermouth. Oh, and also vermouth spoils. So in general, buy the smallest bottle you can find, um, store it in the fridge with the cap on tight. Um, and, you know, usually 375 milliliter bottles are the way to go unless you're going through a lot and you're probably not going through a lot unless you're an actual operating bar. Now, getting back to the recipe, uh, we left off with one half, out, one half ounce of sweet vermouth. You're also going to add one dash of Angostura bitters. Now, the PDT cocktail book also says add one dash of PDT house orange bitters. Um, I'm substituting one dash of Regan's orange bitters. The PDT, PDT cocktail um, book specifies their house bitters as equal parts of Fee's orange bitters and Regan's orange bitters. And they combine those into a separate shaker and then dash those out one at a time. So um, I went just with the one dash of Regan's orange bitters because that's what I had on hand. Now you're going to stir that in a cocktail glass with ice and then strain into a cocktail coupe. There's a picture of that in the show notes, and then you're gonna garnish it with an orange twist to give it a little bit more of a aroma of orange. Uh, this is a very elegant sort of cocktail that will slow you down and kind of force you to enjoy the cocktail. I tend to sip stirred cocktails slower than tiki cocktails, like we mentioned, and, you know, tiki cocktails are a common refrain, in, or, excuse me, a common refrain in this uh, show. I tend to sip stirred cocktails a little bit slower than those, and this is really no exception. The only sweetness in this recipe is coming from the port and the vermouth because the tawny port has a little bit of sweetness from the wine and the vermouth because it's sweet vermouth has also has a little bit of sweetness, but it's not, it's definitely a lighter touch than say adding a simple syrup to a recipe. Uh, the flavors all are all pretty bold, although the rum can, get, so the rum can get a little bit muted because the port um, is a strong flavor and the sweet vermouth is also a strong flavor. So there's a lot of elements battling. I think there is some balance, but you'll, you know, you're, you're not getting a, like the rum is not dominating in this case. That's for sure. Um, I've also tried this cocktail with a Clement VSOP and found that to be maybe a little bit slightly better. So if you have that rum on hand, I would try this cocktail with the Clement VSOP. That said, I'd really do enjoy this for a, sort of a change of pace, meaning a slower pace, something that makes me actually slow down. Um, I have a hunch that the uh, Carpano vermouth may be different. That's the Carpano vermouth is what was called for in the PDT, PDT cocktail book. I just couldn't source that locally. Um, and that may uh, lend itself to a difference be, um, based on using it versus the Martini and Rossi. And like sipping the Demacelle VSOP Neat, there is a dryness of the co this cocktail that's pleasing. And the aroma from the orange peel garnish is, is ex expectedly refreshing. So you may actually, you know, as you might expect, having a fresh orange peel expressed a little bit with some of that oil is going to give you a little bit of freshness. 
give you a little bit something extra on that, and that's not going to be um, unwelcome at all. That's this episode of the show. Thanks for listening. Show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number 5, minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. You can subscribe there. You can rate the show there, and you can even leave a review there. Uh, reviews have come in a little bit more um, from the last couple episodes, so really thank you guys very much for those that have added reviews. Uh, we've actually made our um, made the 5 Minutes of Rum the first entry you get when you search iTunes for rum and podcast, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the show is also on Twitter as at five minutes of rum. That's at symbol number five minutes of rum. Please send in any comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the five minutes of rum website or on Twitter or on Instagram. And now go get some rum. <laughs>